And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel of the and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in a swaddle, in swaddling cloths, and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Luke 2, 8 through 14. That's the meaning of Christmas, Charlie Brown. Thank you, Sailor. And sometimes you have to leave it all out on the field, so even your shoes, that is okay today. We know that Jesus came in human form in order that you and I might be able to go to heaven. Several years ago, the President of the United States was coming through Birmingham. This is back when both my daughters were living in Birmingham. And one of my daughters called, and she says, I'm trying to pull out on Lakeshore Drive, although that's really in Homewood. And she said, there's police cars everywhere. They've got the roads barricaded and have seemed to be stuck. And then suddenly, right there in front of me, came the President of the United States and his motorcade. Well, in contrast to that, my other daughter texted me, and she said, oh, I'm on Lakeshore Drive few blocks away, they've got the roads blocked and it's barricaded. I can't get out. I think I'll go into Walmart till it's all over. <laughs> Don't miss the significance of the coming of the Christ child this year. You're poised. You're right in the place that you need to be in order that you might be able to see and experience more of him than ever before. For a few moments today, I want you to well, don't want you to necessarily think about your reaction, but I want you to to think about the mind of Christ as he passed from heaven to earth. We know that God is three, is one, three in one. He know that, we know that he is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Son of God, is eternal. He has always existed. John 1 tells us that he is God in the flesh. Jesus created all things. He created men and women. He created us in the image of God. He created us with the ability to choose. Although, beginning with Adam and Eve, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But through Jesus, there was a plan. And just at the perfect time in human history, Jesus left the throne room of heaven to be born of a virgin in Bethlehem. Humble beginnings in an animal shelter. He, he lived for 30 years in virtual obscurity. When he began his ministry at the age of 30, he never sought the limelight. Often with no place to lie his head, he sometimes sought to get away from the crowds. And on occasion gave them reason to run in the other direction, and oftentimes they did just that. When he did finally present himself, there was no motorcade, there was no police escort or secret service. He came riding on the coat of a donkey. As the song says, we can only imagine what heaven is like. But Jesus knew, and still he left the grandeur and the glory and the perfection of heaven to come to this imperfect, sinful world because he loved you and me. You know that song, Lord, I lift your name on high. He came from heaven to earth, from earth to the cross, from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. I've often wondered which was the greater sacrifice. Was it to come from heaven to earth or was it to go from earth to the cross? But each were a demonstration of his love. Jesus, the Savior, he came 
And he became a servant for you and me. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7 says this. It says, but he, being Jesus, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. While Jesus was on earth, he was 100% God at the same time, 100% man. He voluntarily set aside some of the privileges that he had, such as heavenly riches. While on earth, particularly during his three-year ministry, he was poor. He owned very little. On one occasion, Jesus said, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. On one occasion, the, Jesus and the disciples did not have the money in order to pay the temple tax. So Jesus sent one of the disciples to go and catch a fish. And there was a coin inside the fish's mouth. He also gave away independent authority. As an example to us, he submitted to the authority of the Heavenly Father and the leading of the Holy Spirit. We find Jesus spending early morning quiet moments with the Heavenly Father. Jesus said, I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father who hath sent me. And also Jesus set aside glory and honor. Jesus chose to lay aside his own glory for a time so he might become a servant on earth, a servant of man. All of creation and all of the heavenly host exists for the sole purpose of bringing glory to the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus set that glory aside. Back in the King James version of the verse we read in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, He became a bondservant, the lowest of all servants of a household. Jesus was a servant of people. From the time that his mother said to him, Jesus, we've run out of wine at the wedding, to the time that Peter's mother-in-law was sick and Jairus' his daughter was dead and Bartimaeus was blind, he touched leopards, talked and lifted up women, revealed to them some of the secrets of the kingdom. He touched and blessed children. As the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest, Jesus quietly rose from the table and he picked up a towel and a basin and in the, perhaps the greatest example of humble servanthood prior to the cross, Jesus washed the disciples' feet and then told them and us, go and do likewise. He was the example for us. Jesus humbly sacrificed so that you may know him as Savior. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8 says this, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus became a servant knew every weakness as man on earth. His divinity is reflected in the virgin birth and the fact that he never sinned and in the fact that he is the only hope for a sin-infected world. Only Jesus could offer the hope of salvation and pay the price for us on, for our sins. In the movie The Passion, Hollywood was able to display the possible physical pain that Jesus may have endured by going to the cross for us. But what it could never do, it could never illustrate for us, was the judgment of the sins of the world, the judgment that came upon him for our sins that was placed on his shoulders. But this was done so that you and I might know him as Lord and Savior. Jesus died for all, but only those who come to him in faith receive the forgiveness of sin, receive Jesus in their heart, and have a home that will be prepared in heaven. The good news is that while it is only for those who call upon him in faith, it is for everyone who will call upon him who will be saved. We're to partake of the Lord's Supper today. And as we do, we'll remember the body and the blood of Jesus that was sacrificed for us. And in so doing, we proclaim his death until he comes. Scripturally, communion is for baptized believers. In other words, it is for those who have gone public with their faith, identified themselves with Jesus as a follower, disciple of his. 
Today, if you're here today and you've not yet identified with Jesus as your Savior and Lord today, you're going to have opportunity even today to ask Christ to forgive you for sins and ask Christ to come in. We welcome you to partake of the Lord's Supper today of a way of publicly saying that, yes, that you are a follower of Jesus and you're part of the family of God because this is a family meal we partake in. And we invite you to join us today as we celebrate the Lord's Supper in a few moments. But begin to prepare your hearts now for the partaking of the Supper today. And while we proclaim the Lord's death, we know that's not the end of the story. We find in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9-11, through it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All creation was meant to praise the name of Jesus and give him glory. Only mankind was given the choice, but even then that choice will be limited. For those of us who know and love Jesus and confess that he is Lord, we'll spend eternity glorifying him. For those who do not accept him on earth, they will one day be face to face with the truth and they will bow before the throne of Jesus in the judgment seat of Christ and confess that Jesus truly is Lord, but it will be too late. Verses 9 through 11 of Philippians chapter 2 are a hymn of celebration and a solemn warning. Let it be said today that all in the sound of the hearing of God's word have celebrated today or you have been invited to the table today by placing your faith in Jesus. Make today certainly a day of celebration for you. Well, what name is it that is above every name as Paul proclaimed in Philippians chapter 2? Paul wrote, It is at the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Jesus was the name that was given to Mary and to Joseph to the name the newborn king. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 12, Jesus said to those who are victorious, meaning to all true believers, He says this, I will also write on them, my new name. So if there is a name yet to be revealed to us about Jesus, perhaps that's superior to any so far. Evangelist Billy Sunday said that he has 256 biblical names for Jesus. But maybe the name that is above all names is the name of exalted one. Even though it's a verb in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9, it's the only time that this word is used in the Bible. In the Greek, it is the word Hooper upso. It means super exalted. Boy, it sounds like a super word, doesn't it? I actually think that the name of Jesus, all the names of Jesus, are above every name, and all are worthy of worship. Names like the Alpha and the Omega, like the bright morning star, like Christ the anointed one, like the door, like the ever like the everlasting Father, the one who's faithful and true, God Almighty. Horn of Salvation, Emmanuel, Jesus the Savior, King of Kings, Lamb of God, Messiah, the Nazarene, Only Begotten Son, the one who is the Prince of Peace, Quencher of our thirst, the one who is the Rock, the one who is my Shepherd and Son of the Living God, the one who is the Truth, Unmerited Favor, the Vine, the Root, and the Branch, the one who is the Word, the Exalted One, Yahweh, and Zion's Precious Cornerstone. Jesus paid the ultimate price on our behalf and deserves our praise and acknowledgement. And yet, with all of these names and understanding who Jesus is, we're just scraping the surface. But Jesus, the exalted one, has been high and lifted up. He's worthy of all praise, glory, and honor. Ever so often, someone will leave a 
Christmas gift in my office. And if it's a wrapped Christmas gift and I see it before Kelly does, I'll come and I'll put it under the tree until Christmas Day. If she sees it first, she will unwrap it. But it's kind of an unwritten rule that if it gets under the tree, it is a, it's safe maybe until Christmas Day. Well, one Christmas, sometime before Christmas, I received a gift. It was kind of heavy. It was in a, it's in a Christmas sack, and I safely got it under the tree and thinking that it would be safe there. Now, this was probably 10 days, two weeks before Christmas, and one of the first gifts under the tree. But when the day came and we unwrapped the gift, I cannot tell you my disappointment to find a large, beautiful, fully cooked Boston butt. Now too old to eat. Now those of you that share my affinity for barbecue probably understand my disappointment here. Uh, now, if I get a Christmas gift, I'll still stick it under the tree, but I think it may be too hazardous to consume later. I'll no longer put it off. One day it will be too late for many. If you're not called upon Jesus for salvation, don't wait any longer. Is it already too late? No, not for you. Not if you're here today, you're hearing God's word proclaimed, you're a breathing individual today, it is not too late for you, you can call upon Jesus. And if you've already called upon Jesus, ah, don't wait too late. Don't wait too late to exalt his name, to call upon him and worship him, proclaim his name, and live for him every day. He is worthy. Let's bow together for prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come and we thank you for this time of worship that we can come on this Christmas Eve. All were reminded of the gift of the Christ child who came as the greatest gift of all so that we might be able to have life and eternal life. So we come giving you praise, honor, and glory today. We come and we want to exalt the name of Jesus. We pray, Father, for all those who've come into your house today. We pray about our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that it may grow ever stronger. We pray for those who have not started that relationship. May today be the day that they start that relationship. We pray for our relationships with one another. May we grow in our love for one another. May we grow in our love for you as we continue to give you praise. It's in the precious name of the Lord Jesus we pray. Amen.